Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. And welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Post. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Scott. How's it going? It's going really well, thank you. Uh, happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll jump in and ask, how's the, the move going? Uh, well, I don't have boxes in the background anymore. They have now reached the under the desk uh, level. So we're making some progress and uh, did a little yard work throughout my back, you know, kind of uh, hot and sweaty Florida for you. The but... joys, of, the, the joys of, of ownership. Um, <laughs> since we're doing this, I, I'm going to ask this because I have not been following the trends like I used to do. Uh, how is the COVID outbreak doing in Florida right now? Um, pretty well, it seems. Uh, I'm in Duval County in the northeast section of Florida, which always has been pretty well maintained. It's the Miami large metropolis areas that have gotten wild like Los Angeles. Um, so, so far we're doing okay. Uh, the main thing I keep an eye on is hospital beds. And what we don't want is our at-risk population or people that need inpatient care to not have a bed to be cared for. And so far in, the, in Duval County, it seems that we still have room to take care of the really, really sick. And that's important. That's a part of what makes this pandemic um, reasonable and flattened is we need to not overload our healthcare system. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting that, that you say that because I think it's important. I think we owe it to uh, the people who are joining us live and to our listeners for the replays. Uh, I, th I think that part of us helping people get tools to cope with all this is to let them also understand this isn't just about being afraid or coping with the pandemic. Uh, this is also let's let them know if you don't mind. And I don't want this to get too personal, but sure, you know, not everybody gets uh, the virus. Not everybody gets COVID. And right. so why don't you explain to them what all was involved in your move, not the details of where you went, because that's personal, uh, but uh -huh. you know all the interactions you got and what you did. And right, right. obviously you've waited uh, the amount of time and you have not become infected despite all of the at-risk activities you had to go through. To move. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's important for people to know too. Yeah. Well, for me in, so Los Angeles is a um, wonderful area. Very, very large. We're sort of on top of each other. Your neighbors are all on top of each other. And we, the last I checked, some of our at-risk areas are the county hospitals, LA County, USC, UCLA, Harbor, um, and all of you having really impacted ICUs with uh, no more room. And I might be a little out of date about this, but that was as of about two weeks ago. 
And so last I checked, um, the, this is a more dangerous version of, uh, of a flu. It's not a flu. It's a more dangerous disease. It has longer lasting effects for people. It's deadlier. Um, it is statistically more intense. And while people recover from it, younger and younger people are affected. And then I have a private practice. So my private practice in West LA off of Santa Monica is in a large building with lots of other people and offices in it. I cannot control whether the building cleans the lobby. I cannot control the cleanliness of the elevator and coronavirus sticks longest on metal and elevators are one of the more dangerous places. I cannot control, I have an inside, I have a hallway that leads into my office suite. My office suite is shared with five other professionals. There's a small waiting room where if there's more than two people, you can't maintain six feet apart. I don't have time between sessions to clean my lobby. Then you lead people into the inner office. It's not a very large office. So six feet, six feet apart is also very challenging. And I don't have time between sessions to clean the inner office. So there's a lot out of my control. I have clients ranging up into the 80s. I have uh, immunosuppressed clients. And we're seeing people even in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who have contracted the virus and have not recovered. It's still statistically small. But I don't, I didn't want to personally be responsible for not being able to protect my own clients. I don't know the status of the other office mates, how they treat it, how they care for it, their clients, how seriously their clients are taking it. So for me personally, that did not feel very good. And the idea of wearing a mask while doing therapy did not feel very good. So early, I would say relatively early, probably just a couple of weeks after you and I started this podcast, it became much more real to me. And I decided that it wasn't worth it for me to put my clients at risk and stop seeing people in person, went virtual. And then I also have friends and family that live in other areas of the U.S. I'd been bi-coastal um, off and on for the last little while between Florida to California. And I wanted to be in a place where I had more space um, could relax into being present for my clients and not as worried about my own safety. And this seemed like at least the right thing to do in the short run. Now, when I go okay, back to so, being so bi-coastal, yeah, so, <laughs> that's, that's another that's thing. What I, that's what I want to actually touch on because obviously you've moved mm -hmm. and in the process of doing that, you and I uh, uh, continue off, off air. <laughs> um, and you know, I know that as far as at-risk activities, at least for me, uh, you've now gone through an estate sale. Yes. You've gone through, obviously, transitioning your, your real-life office, your terrestrial office, and your right. terrestrial home. Right. You've gotten on planes multiple times. You've done layovers yes. and stopovers. Uh, in airports, you've got <laughs> back on airplanes, you've had all of your stuff moved from one location to another and had to deal with the moving company. Yes, and repair people coming and, in and out. And I want to emphasize with folks, Michelle's not sick. Um, I'm not, I'm not. And I wear my mask and like, like all good, you know, I wash my hands. Also, there was something I read about wearing glasses protects your eyes. 
So I've been really consistently wearing my glasses too, even though my glasses fog up when I wear my mask. Um, So I've been taking precautions, uh, the ones that are within my control. And I think that's the big thing here is, you know, um, you know, you and I've chatted because we have family member. We, we, one of the reasons we moved where we moved was we are literally a mile, less than a mile away from the grandkids and, and other family members in the area. Both uh, my wife's, my wife and I, uh, our families are from this town. Mm-hmm. And so it was a big deal for us to move here just in time to have social distancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we have nonetheless made sure that as long as people are, and I'm going to say it, say not sick, but it could very well be asymptomatic, right? Right. Um, we're not taking temperatures. People, you know, family and friends are very respectful when they do come over the few times they come over oh, and good. they come in the backyard and they wear a mask. And we stay Great. socially distanced. Great. We still have that connection. It's rather Great. hard to do that with grandkids. I mean, one of yeah, them they don't always the understand. Three, right? And it's, they, you know, they want grandma and grandpa, and they yeah. want to go play on the rocks and walk the labyrinth and things right. like that. So it's a little right. different with them. Right. Uh, but again, it's you know, I'm pretty. I'll call it hypersensitive. I am. I'm yeah. hypersensitive when it comes to the situation that we're in. I don't yeah. like being sick. Had nothing to do with COVID, by the way. Yeah, just in general. Uh, Me either. No, I, I'm, I'm with I'm you on there. The, I was on the road <laughs> all the time doing live events, mm-hmm. and I didn't have time to be sick. No, me and either. I'm doing radio. <laughs> I didn't have time to be sick and be congested. Uh, so this is this just is the icing on the cake for Scott. <laughs> but But again, despite my hypersensitivity, I want everybody to know that it's it's not number one. It's not a death sentence, and number two, um, there are ways to be, there are ways to be rationally yeah. healthful in yeah. your approach to all this. And again, yeah. look at all the stuff Michelle has done that I have certainly not done. Yeah. Um, and you know, Michelle has thrived through this. Won't say she's been happy the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the t- two of the most beautiful things that happened was I have a monthly cooking club. It's part of my stress management self care that my friend Lisa coordinates in her home, and she was gracious enough to coordinate it on one of the last nights that I was in Los Angeles in July. We sat outside in her backyard. Everybody wore masks to arrive. We no one entered the house. She sat us six feet apart. Um, we had all been taking things very seriously. The only person that I hugged was actually Lisa. And we both said, okay, we've read that if you, if you don't talk while you're hugging and you turn your heads away from each other while you're hugging, that this is safe distance. And so we actually did, did hug. And, um, and then I also visited um, my partner's sister and her household, and they cleaned the room for me to stay in, and we had all our meals outside, and we wore masks inside, and they're very conscientious about it as, as um, biotech engineer types who are following the statistics. And I appreciate that because in my life, I have people of the full range, and I would say that my, my comfort level is more conservative with better health protection um, in general. Like I, I probably wouldn't have done any of these things <laughs> if, if yeah. I could have gotten away with just staying home, if in all honesty, but I did. So 
thankfully I'm okay. And everybody I know is okay, but that's not always the case for people. You know, some people have, have been young and some people have died. Very much so. Well, um, shall we move on to our show? Yes. Yes. Um, Today we're going to chat about it. It's almost an extension of some of the things we've chatted about before. And it's a precursor of one of our upcoming shows where we're going to talk about affirmations and mantras. Yes. Um, Today, uh, Michelle and I are going to give you some really incredible tools uh, to take away for some immediate self-care, some immediate uh, well-being, and some immediate uh, what I call powerful thinking. Uh, And I think many of you know that I'm a big, big believer in scripting the internal talk that goes on in your head. And I know, Michelle, that's a big deal for you when you uh, meet with people. And for those who may not know this, um, Michelle's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And, you know, she works with folks that are, that, who are in crisis, uh, some who are uh, desperately in crisis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, words play a big deal, don't they, for you when you work Absolutely. with folks? Absolutely. Absolutely. We really, in a cognitive behavioral therapy model, which is my main model, there is a strong connection between what we think and how we feel and how our body physiologically responds and then the behaviors that we do. So I love that we are talking about this today and mantras and words in the future because it's, it's helpful. We have to reprogram what I think most of us have, which is an inner critic or an inner sabotager. And we need to thought stop and interrupt and reprogram that, that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it one step further. I think many of you before uh, have heard me speak about uh, Don Miguel and the four agreements and the fifth agreement. And his son uh, has come out with a phenomenal book. If you haven't gotten it, uh, I, I highly recommend it. And he talks about us as humanity, as people being addicted to suffering. Mm. And it, it really is when you look at the bad habits that, or what I like to call the bad programming that we have going on, the bugs, if we're not talking about COVID, the, the bugs <laughs> in our programming, it is so easy to debug the bad scripting that we have going on through even one word. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's what we're going to chat about today is how to instantly debug the programming that may be less than optimal for you. Yeah. Uh, and I think it starts uh, with an understanding of you can't fix something if you don't know it's broken. And right. I don't mean that in a psychotherapy or clinical way. Uh, I don't mean that you are broken uh, as a human being. Right. I again look at it as coding, as, as life hacking. When you're programming, uh, at least the way I used to do it, you'd, you'd run your program and if the program hit a certain part and there was an errant code in it, or there was a virus, or there was something that was uh, not logically consistent with the scope, tone, and outcome of the, of the script, you'd get an error code. And it was very easy. You'd find the error code, you'd go in and you'd debug it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about is first becoming, run your own little internal uh, review and ask yourself what isn't working. And I'll give you a really good example. We were talking about 
the virus, the, the COVID situation and the, the social distancing. And I will be the first to admit um, I'm hypersensitive when it comes to germs. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that that is also inconsistent mm-hmm. and illogical with my own fundamental belief, my, my worldview. Uh, the things happen for a reason. The world is happening for you, not to you. The, the, you name it, I got all that. <laughs> and, yet, and yet there's that coding that says, okay, Scott, but, right? As soon as you start saying but to yourself, yeah. there's a good indication that there's some errant coding going on. Okay, so but is a oh, warning so, sign. But is a warning sign. So, so one, of the, you know, one of my worldviews is everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. But... but <laughs> And I find myself that little, that little critical faculty going, but I hear the media telling me this. I hear our governor telling me this. I hear the politicians telling me this. Mm-hmm. I hear, you know, the, the biotech people that Michelle knows telling her this so that all of that starts wearing in uh, and it now creates a higher level of angst for me. Yeah. When it comes to germs, completely not Scott. And so there's some errant coding, coding. that's going on. Okay. Um, and you can take your, you can pull yourself back from the stress by simply, by simply first identifying where is there a problem. Mm. Okay. Other warning sign words, try. Oh, try. Like do or try. do not, there is no try. Like Yoda. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Yoda. Um, <laughs> Exactly. When you are internally using a script that says, I'm going to try and do this today, you are necessarily feeding yourself a script that says, I have the option of failing. Ah, try equals I have the option of failing. Yeah. So can I ask you a question? Because, oh, so much the sabotager likes to call you a failure in your head, right? So I have the option of failing, isn't there some positive in failure, though? You, you know, there, there is okay. on a macro scale. Okay. There, there is on the 30,000-foot view that says, let's fail forward. And, you know, most of the mentors, and if you have not listened to our Cabinet of Advisors show, listen to it. Most mm-hmm. of the people that are on my list, most of them fail elegantly. They right. fail powerfully, and they fail marvelously, and they learn from it. The challenge becomes when you get into that failure mode, uh-huh. there are three things that I like to say. You either stall, you get sluggish, right? Yes. Or you stop entirely. Okay. That's not good. So, so yes, failing, okay. failing when you have a, and we're going to do a, a, a show on this at some point, failing when you do a forward back analysis or as okay. Steve Jobs like to say, you, you have, you connect the dots by going backwards. Okay. That's what he meant. When you okay. do that, when you do that analysis, failing makes sense. But when you, when you suddenly you stop or you're sluggish or you're stalled or you're stagnating, that's not, that's not good failure. Okay. That's, that is now suboptimal programming that is stopping you. So, you know, if you find yourself using try, this isn't the philosophical, well, isn't this wonderful? Let me do the, you know, the Thomas Edison, I'll fail 10,000 times and invent the light bulb. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not generally how we're using the word try and failure. 
we're mm-hmm. saying I'm, you know, we're, we're making concessions. Mm-hmm. Got it. And concessions, unless they're purposeful, concessions mm-hmm. aren't progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the tools that I'd like to show folks is a powerful way to get some programming language in them. Uh, and I'm going to give you a variety of sources today. And Michelle, jump in here anytime because mm-hmm. I could talk days on this. I'm topic. taking notes vigorously. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the one of the the top things that I love to have my one-on-one clients, my coaching clients, do uh, is we we sit down and we do an analysis about what an enriched life would be for them. Ah. And we talked before, again, go back and listen to our, our show where we talked about the subjective units. We changed it, subjective units of, of desire, desire scale, right? Yeah. Uh, and that was part of our three, uh, three-pronged series on intimacy and relationship and sex. And we talked about where are you on a scale from zero to 10 in your mm-hmm. subjective units of, that used to be distress, but your subjective units of desire. Right. What do you want? What 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 is zero being i'm calm and i'm peaceful and i'm full and i'm satisfied i'm blissful whatever they are for you that's the at zero point for you 10 is i'm wigged out of my head and i just i can't take it anymore and i need an antidepressant and anti-anxiety pill Uh, i need to sleep i know that's my stress by the way that's my stress response Uh, insomnia i find myself sleepy Mm-hmm. That's usually my, my body's way of dampening down and mm. backing up. And if you find yourself doing any of these things where you uh, find your response mechanism kicking in physiologically, where suddenly you are shutting down in order to get space because everything is overwhelming, mm. you know, that's the standard, that's the standard um, survival mode that we go into. It's mm. just give me a moment. Let me take a breath. Give me some distance. Can you stop talking? All of these things kick in. Kind of like computers, right? So since we're talking about programming, sometimes we all need to reboot our computer and yep. clear, is it the RAM? Among other things. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I literally tell people that I am going to control alt delete you. <laughs> because we all do need, we, everything needs to just be unplugged for a little while. Yes. And to reboot. And, you know, it, it works, it literally, it works on computers and electronic devices. You unplug them, you power them down, wait 30 seconds and start them back up again. And more times than not, they work. Yeah. Same thing with humans. If we can unplug on a semi-regular basis, I think we'd yeah. be more productive, right? Yeah, I saw, exactly. Now I saw, I did actually see the, the chat from Alicia where oh. uh, she, she mentioned, mentions defragging. This is not defragging. Uh, oh. Defragging is where you take your memory on your your device, yes. and because of the way it stacks, um, you know whether usually we are literally first in, last out, so it stacks up. Some of you are first in, first out. It it's completely irrelevant. What happens in your memory, uh, and this is true of humans as it is of your operating systems, your technical devices. We're stacking memories. We are stacking. Uh, experiences. We don't remember all of them because we would be overloaded. That's the, the natural wiring of our brain. And so sometimes we get full. It's like uh, imagine a cup and you're filling the cup up and you keep filling the cup up 
and you keep filling the cup up, what's going to happen? Unless you empty the cup periodically, it's going to overflow and it will not be able to hold the new water. So defragging is making space either by compressing data, compressing experiences within you, either doing it that way or eliminating bad sectors and, and the like. That's mm -hmm. not what I'm talking about here. Defrag, I'd actually make a really cool show for another <laughs> episode for us, uh, how to defrag your life. Uh, <laughs> by the way, just as a quick tease, one of the simplest ways to do that is get new friends. Yes. Uh, and, and learn to say no better. Yes. Powerful, purposeful no. That, that will help you defrag. What I'm talking about right now is, some, is a fundamental programming for your operating system that says, how do I wake up each day? And I've mentioned before, you know, one of the best, best things that you can do is every morning to wake up and literally as a part of a, an early morning meditation, simply say, how can I be of service today? That, that's a fundamental way of setting yourself up. Mm -hmm. So my morning routine of, oh, I'm awake, where's my coffee, might need to change a little? Uh, it, <laughs> only if that routine <laughs> isn't working for you. If that oh. routine works, it, see again, and, and I think the beauty of what we're talking about today is I, I'm not telling you to change what you're doing. I'm asking you to identify the bad sectors, that makes sense. the bad programming, and change that. Okay. Um, and so one of the best things you can do is uh, uh, just become self-aware. What okay. is not working? When I wake up in the morning, uh, am I in survival mode? A lot of us are. A lot of us wake up and it's, oh God, it's Groundhog Day. Let's see if we can endure the day, right? <laughs> versus, versus the old carpe diem. Let's go out and seize the day. Right. Uh, which, which to you automatically sounds more empowering. Not what you're doing, which right, sounds right, more right. empowering right now. I'm going to let, Michelle, you have to get through the day today. Today, you're going to endure versus, yeah, no, no. versus the day is yours. Whatever yes. that looks like, you yeah. get to make choices uh, and we're going to make sure you've got enough good options to choose from, yeah. which, which is more exciting to you. Oh, the day is yours, not you're going, yeah. going to endure. And, and in all honesty, it's just me being a, a bad morning person. As soon as the coffee kicks in, I'm like, the day is yours. So uh, I just want to give a little shout out to the non-morning people there. If that doesn't affect your whole day, I'm hearing Scott say, it's okay that you don't wake up bright and bushy tail yeah. immediately upon waking. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, I, I come from, I've got a, I've got a, a family who, for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part, they are not morning people. Okay. I am a morning person. They are night people, and uh -huh. I just want to go to bed. Um, so it, whatever your, um, your rhythms are, your body rhythms, I, I'm flashing back to the old biorhythm charts where you would do the different cycles. Yes. Uh, whatever your cycle is, the idea is not to change it. The idea is to find it find it and make it make it more effective for you. Yeah. And here's one of the best tools that I can give you is to go on to Google okay. uh, or your favorite search engine, uh, go on to Google and type in the, the, the two words, power adjectives, power adjectives, not okay. power words, not power verbs, 
I would like you to type in, I invite you to type in power adjectives. And what you're going to get back are a list of hits that take you to resume building sites. Ah. Now, one of the things that I got on here right now, I, I pulled up this morning. I have no uh, affiliation with them at all. It's, it's resume companion. First thing that came up for okay. me. And it's okay. 135 power adjectives for your resume. Now, we are not building a resume, but you are going to use these words. Okay. And what I love to do uh, is something that I learned from uh, a, a, a beautiful, I'm going to call him an artist. He's written books and he draws, but he's just a creative soul. Austin Cleon. And way back uh, when he wrote a book uh, called Blackout Poems. And in Blackout mm. Poems, what uh, Austin did is he, he took newspapers, and I think I've mentioned this before on some of our podcasts, he took uh, uh, newspapers and he would randomly circle words mm. and then black out the rest of the article. Hmm. And he found that suddenly he had these very elegant, insightful, fortune creation, to, to use James Wanless's term, um, things that just popped out and grew organically out of the newspaper article that somebody else wrote. So here's how I've taken that concept. On this page that I, that I told you about, there are 135 words, and they are arranged by category, industry, and skill. So for example, I'm looking at one right now called creativity and innovation. And okay. what I would do is I, I'm looking at this, this chart of words, and there are words that are immediately popping out to me that say, oh, I want, I want that in my life. So for example, words like cutting edge, ingenious, robust. Let's just use those three. Michelle, cutting edge, yeah. ingenious, robust. Any of those speak to you? Ingenious. Okay. So you would take cutting edge and black it out. You would take robust and black it out. Um, elegant, innovative, sophisticated. Elegant. Okay. And by the way, that you can choose all of them if you'd like. Okay. But but bottom line is, so now we've got ingenious highlighted. We've got elegant highlighted. I'm looking at this. I'm going to skip through some of these. Imaginative, you know, creativity is a big deal for me. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, there's a word on here, unprecedented. That doesn't do anything for me. Not, not a thing. doesn't speak to me. Groundbreaking. Sure, I'd love to be groundbreaking, but it doesn't speak to me. First class, that speaks to me, right? First so class. You're, so mm -hmm. you're finding words like that. How about now I'm going to jump down to a different category, effectiveness. Um, words that jump out at me. Influential, mm. um, expert, quality, mm. adept, mm -hmm. ideal. You know, and then there are words that don't. Industrious, <laughs> instrumental, <laughs> economical, cost effective. You know, they sound a little more boring to me. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm going to jump down now to reliability, for example. Okay. Um, dependable, big deal. That that's a big yeah. thing for me. Yes. Disciplined, loyal, probably one of the top loyal. things that I look for in friends. Loyal. Oh yes, loyal. Um, steadfast. Mm. Oh, here's my word right here. Resilient. Resilient. I am all about helping people and me be more resilient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Honest, big deal. Words that don't mean a thing to me. Punctual. Why? Because I am. I just like, 
um, fastid fastidious. <laughs> I would never even use that word. Uh, you know, and, and bottom line is you're going to take these words. Uh, and I have been known to take three different pages because they all have different, you know, everybody chooses different adjectives and go through and start finding these words that speak to you. Mm. Uh, and you're going to find once you assemble all of them, mm -hmm. the top three that juice you up. Okay. Uh, that, that literally are your power words. Okay. Um, I'm going to, just as a, as let's see what I can do here. I'm going to jump on another one here. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm going through Google and I'm looking for the, the sites that have the most number of power words because you want more options than okay. not. So here is uh, resume genius. <laughs> this is 115 words. Again, you're not building a resume. Um, bold. There's a word. I love that word. Bold. I do too. Um, Committed. That's me. Committed. Uh, driven. There. There. Um, I've been called yeah. intense before. Passionate. If anything was going to describe me when I do these shows, for example, right, right. it's passionate and spirited. So these well, are the, yeah, go ahead. So, so this is the thing about Cog B, right? So I had a client that said people or family members or people would, would complain and had a self-critic that she was stubborn. And I said, you know, there is a more positive version of stubborn. It's called tenacious. Yeah. Like most people admire tenacity, right? So just like you, you highlighted, um, oh, you know, intense would be a negative version of passionate, right? So yeah, it's important to keep our intensity into a place or our stubbornness to a place where we're not destroying relationships because of it. But if we're destroying ourselves from self-criticism based off of some, I don't know, thing, a person made fun of you when you were 12 or 15 or eight, you know, why are you holding yourself responsible for who you were as an eight-year-old when you're in your fifties or your sixties? Like, it just doesn't even make sense to me. Your brain wasn't even fully developed before 25 to 29 why not give or in yourself some cases, a break? 62. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that you bring up a really good point of um, focusing on the encouraging aspects of your personality and keeping sort of the shadow or the negative or the id, you know, side in check. Right. Yeah. It, and it, you know, I go back to, I've always loved, um, Alan Watts. I mean, he, he is on my wall and I, I, I just love the way the man spoke and wrote and his philosophy towards life. And he had a wonderful concept, by the way, when you're talking about the id and the ego of what the ego actually is. If you would think about it as if you were a submarine and you've got sonar going off all the time. The purpose of sonar is to go out and sweep the area in front of the submarine and look for problems. Uh, it okay. goes out and it looks for things that the, that the submarine might hit and might collide with. That's the purpose of your ego. Yeah. The problem become, the problem happens when your ego is always on overdrive. Right. 
and everything becomes a problem. That sonar is constantly going off and the hypervigilance is putting you into that place of being stalled or stagnant or stopped. Mm. And so what these words are doing is helping take that sonar away or, and go back to the safe and loved that I'm so fond of talking about. Mm -hmm. Now you have one more tool that you can use in addition to power adjectives. I actually, that's how I started uh, the process that I'm telling you. It then grew, I mean, that's the bare bones. It then grew, and some of you know that I've got my object of affection that I wear, and on it I've got a, a charm. And uh, it, so I, I make these, they, you, you get them, they're basically washers, uh, and I put words on them for, for people. And there is a company out called My Intent. Again, I have no affiliation with them. It's myintent.org. And they have one of the most marvelous tools on here that that it would have saved me lots of time. It's called their word finder. So imagine you are taking a washer and you're you're punching words on here. Mine happens to say, I am here. Uh, Many of you have listened to our prior episodes and I've mentioned the pink song, uh, which is my big power theme song of I am here. And actually one of the things I say first thing in the morning, yeah, I'll open my eyes, I am here. Thank you. Think about that, by the way, as a morning ritual. <laughs> you open your eyes and first thing you say is, I am here. Thank you. I it's really the have to work on that. the alternative, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> so under, the, under myintent.org, you will find something called a word finder. Now the word finder for them is actually designed to come up with words to stamp on your your brass or bronze or silver washer. Uh-huh. But it works in the process that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking right now under a list of words that they have given and mm-hmm. a number of these things jump out at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adventure, mm-hmm. believe, mm-hmm. breathe, ah. brave, joy, grateful great i mean grace was a big deal for me and i'll get to the three words in a minute grace um, and i'm just i'm jumping around this list they give you all of these powerful words you can now take the blackout concept that i told you before and circle them and black out the rest so it's it's myintent.org again i've got no affiliation with them nor does michelle um, the cool part about this is is what comes next on their page if you can't figure out your words and what your power word or words might be. They actually have mindful questions to help you find a word. Mm. Things like, where have you found peace? Mm. What is your perfect day? Mm -hmm. How do you show love to others? What is most important to you? And there's probably a list here of 25 different questions to help focus down your words. Mm -hmm. So that's the bare bones of let's get some power adjectives in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ones that you post freaking everywhere Mm -hmm, to see. mm -hmm. Um, As a matter of fact, uh, those of you who are listening won't be able to see it. But if you look in the journals that we've talked about, I've got three words. I'm holding this up to the camera here. I've got three words posted everywhere on post-it notes Mm -hmm, at the mm -hmm. front of this thing um, Mm -hmm. where they are constant reminders Mm -hmm. to me. 
And I think that's the biggest thing that I want to impress on folks is you're mm -hmm. creating constant reminders mm -hmm. so that you create that reboot situation. Yes. As soon as you see your word or words, it's a reboot. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, right, yeah. That's right, me. right, right, right. You know, this is also a really powerful tool in, in therapy, in, in restarting in a many, in many ways. For example, I recently had a client who's ready to start dating again after a major loss. Okay. And because of everything that she's gone through, her, her mantra, her thought process was who would want me with all my baggage. And so oh, yeah. using these kind of power adjectives, because you and I talk offline, so I know this mm -hmm. from you from the past, we went through and I said, do you see yourself as this, 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 this? And we created a whole list of power adjectives. And at the end of it, I said to her, I want you to read this whole list at least once a day Wonderful. to yourself. And, and lately she's come back to me and she said, who wouldn't want to date me? Oh, how beautiful. Who wouldn't want to date me? And, and while she hasn't quite, you know, jumped, jumped into the dating pool yet, it is quarantine time and there's a whole online process and being safe. She did in the, in the meantime, get a raise at work and advocate for herself to get a raise at work. So we were that. aimed at dating. And because we took this power word technique and applied it to a, sort of a ritual about herself, ended up, you know, really advancing in her own career, not it, even it, her main goal. <laughs> it, it, isn't it? A, well, it, you know, it, again, now we go back to my worldview, and that's that everything is actually so interrelated mm -hmm. that when you change one thing, you change everything. Yes. Uh, yes. And so, you know, I, I'm imagining her how beautiful it'll be when she eventually gets to mm -hmm. every morning she opens her eyes and says, I am lovable. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yes. And it, it'll, it'll work with that. Um, you ready for me to take you to the next level for those of you who want to be overachievers? Yes, <laughs> speaking I of, am. Speaking of type A personality. <laughs> so this is a technique that I have been doing uh, for, for many years. And it, it sprung out of something that I learned a long time ago from a gentleman by the name of Chris Brogan, B-R-O-G-A-N. And I believe he started back in 2006. So he's at least been doing this for 14 years. And I can't tell you when I first came into contact with it. He calls it his three words. I've expanded it. You're actually going to do five words. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll walk you through just for sake of time, how the process works. Um, first of all, one word that explains what you really want. And this is something that I want it to be one word, maybe two, maybe three if you're pushing it and it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Uh, but one word that, that is positive and profound and represents the deep transformation uh, that you want in your life. For example, one of mine during one of the years was live fully. It's two words, but living fully can't really turn into one word. It, it fully doesn't say it and live doesn't say it. So there's an example of live fully is, is the one word that I want for positive, profound, and deep transformation. Mm -hmm. um, my big one right now is authenticity. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had grace before. By the way, if you ever choose the word grace, and you don't know what it means, get ready to have your butt kicked. <laughs> Be 
because <laughs> grace has a much deeper under uh, meaning than I think a lot of us understand. Yeah. So one <laughs> word, what is it that you really want? Now, I generally ask folks to do this at the beginning of a year. Okay. I really urge you for the balance of 2020, what do you want now? What yeah. is it that you yeah. really want for the balance of 2020? And don't play with me and say, I want 2020 to be over. Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Let's, let's, let's use this as a defining moment and let's let 2020 define us for what we're able to step up and into. Mm -hmm. So what is that word? Mm -hmm. Then, uh, because I'm a big believer in being of service to others, what is a word that represents what you want to do for others? What is one word that represents, again, positive, profound, and a deep impact? Um, mine is inspire for, the, for this year. Mm. I want to inspire people. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> and now here's the Chris Brogan part. So he didn't do those two. Um, now we're going to go to three words for what you want on, on a tactical, logistical, more micro level. And um, Chris Brogan, I love the way he described it. So I'm going to literally just take his words and give them to you. They're his, not mine. These are the words that you select that are meant to serve as lighthouses to guide you through foggy moments. As lighthouses through foggy moments. Okay. Yeah. So you've got, you've got what you really want, right? But what's the, what's the, what are the three lighthouse words for you? What are the ones that you go back to? So for example, um, one of mine, one of the years was safe, exciting, and love. Those were three different words. Those were my lighthouse moments. I could look at those and went, wait a minute, I am safe. This is going to be exciting. I'm going to choose things that are exciting and love. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to run through them again. One word to represent what you really want. This is your overall overarching super objective. Uh, you know, if, if I could get everything I want, this is what it is. Uh, to put it another way, if, if I came to you as, an, as your enrichment coach and I said, what would enrich your life? Now, enrichment means fulfillment, satisfying, and fortifying. All of them, it's one giant concept. What would that be for you? Um, and then you'd give me a word, whatever that is. And then what do you want for others? One word. And then three words to serve as your, your kind of fundamental lighthouse, keep your feet firmly planted three feet off the ground words, right? <laughs> the, the things that hold the balloon down, uh, <laughs> just enough to go, Oh, wait a minute. Things aren't as, things aren't as bad as I really thought they were. So they're stabilizing programming words. Uh, that this process that I'm teaching you right now has served me so well for so long. I have these words posted everywhere. They're on post-it notes on my computer screen. They're on my journal. Um, I've actually got them on my home screen on the vision board that comes up. Maybe sometime we'll talk about vision boards. But oh, it's, yeah. Uh -huh. um, you know, it's, they're literally at the top of the vision board. I love it. Wow. You've given me a lot to think about, Scott. I hope you've given everybody that's here today. Uh, anybody who is um, listening live, if you want to, or on the replay, if you want to share your word or words with us, we'd love to hear what they are. I think that community 
brings inspiration and connectivity. So feel free to share it with us on our Keeping Your Shit Together Facebook group. Just find us or email me if you if you want to make it personal and not post it somewhere. You can email me at michelle at postinternationalinc.com or reach out to Scott, Scott directly. Yeah, at- you, can, you can get me at S, S like Scott, sgrossberg at hotmail.com. Or easier way is I'm on Facebook Mm -hmm. uh, and you can certainly find me through Mm thinkingmagically.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear what your words are and keep inspiring each other with these um, lighthouse, lighthouse words and enriching words and support for other words. I really like this activity, Scott. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay, Um, it looks like we're out of time. I know. Time, time flies <laughs> when so we do So fast. So uh, fast. <laughs> so again, th- thank you all for being part of this. I uh, truly appreciate you uh, being part of our world. I know that Michelle mm-hmm. does too. Uh, I this do. is our way, one of our ways of giving back to everybody. Uh, there will be replays. We really, if you have not listened to prior podcasts, uh, suggest that you go back uh, and subscribe to these on your favorite podcast provider and then listen to them when you go on a walk uh, listen mm-hmm. to them in the car if you're going somewhere and even if it if if it's a passive way you're going to find that there's lots of information in here that you know you listen to an episode again something will jump out at you because these are so, these episodes are so dense for lack mm-hmm. of a better way to put it uh, mm-hmm. that there's new stuff that comes out all the time mm-hmm. uh, michelle anything you want to end with Uh, No, I'm just looking forward to taking this idea of power words to the next level and applying them to mantras, applying them to bringing in more of what it is that you want more M-O-R-E Scott's little acronym. I'm sure you'll, you'll break that down for us. Money, opportunity, money, opportunity, (laughs) relationships, and energy. (laughs) Everybody wants more and, and, and better, but they, they certainly want more. (laughs) <laughs> All right, um, Michelle, until next time, um, until on behalf time. Of, of on behalf of you and me, thank you again, everybody. The replay will be going up soon. Remember to subscribe and like and comment, and please share this with your friends if you think that they'll get something out of this. Thank you. And peace. Be well. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, We'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.